0: Welcome to the Jolfman podcast. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen. I do hope that listening brings you value. I'm Neil Plimmer and I am the Jolfman, a name that I have picked up from children and teachers in primary schools. It has stuck and seems to fit reasonably well. I'm the host of this podcast and will regularly share thoughts, ramblings and ideas about golf, sport, play teaching, coaching, learning, and anything else that might pop up into my mind, with a particular focus on children's and families' first experience of golf and sport. Alongside these rambles, I'll be having chats with others to share their thoughts, get different views and perspectives, and explore topics in further detail. Joel's mission is to provide positive first experiences in schools and at golf clubs for children and their families so they can play golf independently, enjoy playing together, and learn as they play, we aim to give every child in every primary school in England the opportunity to play golf. I do hope that you enjoy the podcast and find value. please get in touch with your thoughts comments, feedback, and ideas I'd love to hear from you Peter Thomas from Happy Hockey welcome to the golfman podcast.
1: Thank you very much Neil good to be here um,
0: we like with a lot of these chats that i have with people we speak a lot um, so to get something recorded is quite exciting
1: yes yes very much so
0: we've um, we've known each other for a long time now from the time where we did some work with yourself and your hockey um and i know about all about your story and development as a coach and whatnot but for those people that don't know you who are you who are you where are you at what are you doing
1: so, at the moment, I run something called Happy Hockey, which is as much a, an idea as it is a, as a business. At the moment, we've up until lockdown happened a few weeks ago, we've been in a primary school in Whitehawk, Brighton. Um, but I've also previously run a lot of back to hockey initiatives for clubs and for uh, an organisation that I work for, uh, and just generally trying to uh, build sustainable communities really for people to play hockey is, is very much what we're about we're not just about getting people back to playing or, or getting to play hockey but helping them feel better about themselves physically mentally emotionally and also more importantly places that they can keep playing communities they can stay involved with um, after we've set up the initial sessions. so that's sort of happy hockey in a nutshell so
0: there was a couple of things that i wanted to try and sort of explore in a bit more depth today. Um, Number one was obviously how you would introduce first experiences of hockey to children, parents and adults and families. But probably before we got onto that, we've discussed at length that sort of stripped back version of the game of hockey to deliver to people.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So, you know, for golf, we've talked about, you know, hit this with that over there, grab it, whack it, watch it um so keeping it in simple language that people understand and you know presenting it to them in such a way that it's easy to understand easy to get and then it's obviously up to them to build their experience from that so what would that look like in hockey
1: so it would be use this to hit that into there with there specifically being the goal the opponent's goal um, I, can, I can elaborate a little bit more if you want. Yeah, that'd be
0: amazing.
1: Okay. So the game of hockey, I suppose, to someone that's never played it, is looks most like football, but you have to be like netball in the opposition's circle or D to be able to score. And you score a goal as in football. But there's a lot of other things that go into the game, such as manipulation of space, um, you can have rolling subs, like in rugby. You have sort of special teams, in a way, where we have penalty corners, like in American football. It's very much an end-to-end game, like basketball. But it's about using your stick to pass the ball and only one side of the stick as a team to invade the opposition's area and, and score a goal. Um, and in terms of, again, you mentioned introducing it to... Children or perhaps families and groups. It's it very much depends. I that's a slight cop out on perhaps how old and who the people are, but it's not an easy game necessarily to mix people playing because of the the safety element that you're using sticks and balls. Um, so it's it's quite a it's something you've definitely got to look at when you're doing that. But in terms of introducing it, it's about using principles is what the way that that I've learned to approach it over the last three years, uh, sort of, uh, sorry, three, five, six years. Um, Actually, often off the back of your question of describing hockey in three words, Um, and it's just building building the game around three principles of body, stick, ball, because they're the three bits that we use, all players use, to be able to to control the most important thing on the pitch, which is the ball.
0: And I think it's interesting what you say there about, hockey, so I think up until maybe one experience in secondary school, and and then until I I came to you on that cold night um, in Lewis, you know, I I always considered it quite a dynamic and and complex game, Um, and you know, played at speed that is sort of terrifically difficult And I suppose it's a bit like golf in some way that when played by a group of experts it looks unbelievably easy but it can be a game that looks very Sort of messy and complex and untidy and i I, I know those can be obviously good things within a sort of play environment but you know if you're a newcomer watching you think goodness me how are we going to how are we going to play this game
1: yes and there's definitely a very very steep learning curve for people to start with especially if they've already got used to playing other sports that's one of the noticeable things um if you're used to playing football the ball isn't at your feet, the ball is approximately half a meter away from your feet and you're not using your feet, you're using your hands to control the stick to control the ball. Um, So there's there's the coordination there, plus you've also got uh, an implement and a body position that you're not used to using and you can only use one side of it, so you can't even dribble like in roller hockey or or ice hockey where you can use both sides, you've got to rotate your wrists as well. Um, So yes, it's a it's a, it is to very to much to start with a very complex game of coordination, which I think is often some of the one of the biggest challenges any adults find in it.
0: So, be, so because it's such a complex game, I suppose that it runs the risk of um, breaking it down too far away from its 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 whole. Now, what I mean by that is that you know, as we've spoke before, drills and tasks and and games can become. <clears throat> non-game-like, and that must be a a difficult balance.
1: Yes and no, I suppose it, it depends how you frame it, like anything. It's very much a matter of focusing on the end purpose of the game, so scoring a goal has to be what everything you do is designed around, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be scoring a goal in every practice. If you think that the D is in the final quarter of, 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 a, of a whole pitch, actually, therefore, more than half of the game is played over an area that doesn't have a goal. So just by getting the ball over a particular line, and there are four very clear, clearly marked sections in a hockey pitch, that in itself is an achievement. So you can still design exercises that focus on a particular part of the game, getting into a particular area of... of um, territory if you were from a, perhaps you might look at it from a rugby game perspective that's still progressing towards getting into the d to score the goal so it very much depends on how you design it but so long as you you think about it or at least the way i think about it is with that end game in mind and everything we're doing is relevant to that end game or end purpose then it's still it's still relevant
0: it's really interesting what you say there, because i'll just picking up on that you, you know, we've had this discussion before. If you're playing hockey and playing the game of hockey, then playing the game of hockey will need some sort of purpose and some sort of outcome. So it would be two teams against each other. One scores more goals than the other. Mm. Now, does hockey have that? Just playing hockey for the sake of playing hockey?
1: It depends where you go. OK. So one of the things that... I would probably say my greatest ever achievement on a hockey pitch was creating a session down at Lewis Hockey Club that runs outside of a global pandemic on a Monday evening from about seven thirty to nine thirty, called Monday Night Hockey, where you just turn up and play. Um, you don't have to be a member, uh, and this is not necessarily a sales pitch for Lewis Hockey Club, but it's it is it was, it was what was lacking for the club at that time um i appreciate there's probably not a huge amount of that stuff that goes out there england hockey have got some variations of the game i think they're called rush hockey and another one that perhaps has uh, i've I've lost the, the memory of what it's called but by and large yes if it's outside of a school or a club it's not a huge amount of just turn up with your stick and you can have a go it has to be a a dedicated training session or a match in a league or, or, or a summer festival yeah. tournament.
0: So, so I suppose there's fractions of hockey, very similar to golf, which is definitely overcoached and underplayed.
1: There's yeah. certainly the risk of that. And that what there isn't is what you might see on an AstroTurf at a sports centre where you've got just groups of friends with turn up of an evening with perhaps, you know, the one or two people that look after the bibs and the ball and everyone else just turns up and they have a kick about having got into their teams, or even perhaps with netball, have a, a player game, and then they go home. There isn't quite that sort of halfway house, as it were, but between a beginner and an actual t- club player for hockey. Or so,
0: so, in, so so in that respect, it's quite difficult, isn't it? So if you've got a, quite an organised activity like playing the game of hockey, and if playing hockey just for the sake of playing hockey is, is not that traditionally or culturally done, in some ways, quite a tricky sport to get into unless you know people or know what you're doing or feel confident if you know what you're doing it's not like you might just turn up and play
1: no and there are a couple of additional barriers such as the having a stick which you don't need for netball football rugby you can just turn up and also the additional safety element the guidance from England hockey that's come out in the last couple of weeks totally me after a, a, a tragically a child uh died in a a, a a disorganized hockey session in 2020 about it has to be um monitored or at least there has to be someone there overseeing the session so right. you you can't just you know jump us for goalposts. posts perhaps wouldn't be applicable for hockey anymore
0: not 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 with a sort of hard ball and a hard stick i suppose though
1: and possibly not for under 18s without having an adult or a supervisor of some you know ex- uh, specifically te- dedicated supervisor overseeing yeah. which,
0: which then i suppose brings us quite nicely there into um you know maybe the adult role you know, and i i've tried to not differentiate between coaches and parents or coaches and other adults but the adult role within that within that play and constantly being aware of and understanding of our role relative to the safety, both physical and mental and emotional safety of people, the game, the environment, the barriers that come with that.
1: Yes, and when you're playing, when your sport does have its dangers, a bit like I suppose cricket has after the you know, the tragedies that they had at the national stage in Australia a few years ago. Just being mindful. If, if you play a sport where there is a, an, uh, the risk of a serious injury, you're part of your facilitator of play, which is perhaps the definition I came to from when you came on my podcast a few weeks ago, which is what the role of a coach perhaps is in my mind. Part of that has to include the aspect of safety. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's fascinating that we come to that, you know, safety being huge huge parts of play you know and again not just people's physical safety but if you've got a sort of an environment of play an experience of play where people feel comfortable and enjoyable and are going to create that love for the sport or the activity they've got to sense and feel safe haven't they
1: yeah but because it's, especially when we're trying to really recruit people which is really what we're doing for the, the first experience of a sport we want them to go on and play our sport or whatever level they choose then those first experiences if people don't feel safe if they're gonna if either they hurt themselves or there's a half risk or this they almost hurt themselves there there'll be things that will potentially put people off i mean equally of course there are those uh, more hedonistic people i'm sure who might might enjoy those things but I'm not sure that's necessarily the approach you want as a coach.
0: I think it really highlights right there. I think it highlights the nuances between sports and different activities because, like you say, if you if you've got football, which in essence is a very similar game apart from you use your feet and such, but you know the invasion aspect of it, you can put the goalposts down, put the jumpers down, you can play football. Two mates can get going. Anybody can do it. Whereas when you know hockey is involved, then there's got to be that consideration around. The safety and the protection of everybody within the play environment. I've never really considered it like that. And that's where I find sometimes in sport and in life, we try, well, it's worked over there, so it must work over there without taking into account the, the sort of, um, what's the term, the nuances of the game and the nuances of the activity in the
1: sport. Yes, although I think it's worth pointing out that you can see with football. From the way that the f a have looked to to change the behavior of parents on the sidelines and um, the aspects of the game to make it more enjoyable and more applicable to all players rather than just perhaps the biggest child in a particular year group how the whether it's specifically safety but certainly the environment is something that's developing within football more so now than perhaps it was before, which you could argue is an element of safety,
0: yeah yeah football, the the, the massive beast that it is and takes over everything, doesn't it? Potentially, yes. Potentially, yeah. Um, So just I'd love to hear more about your sort of vision for happy hockey, because, you know, the thing that I I love with our conversations is just where that inspiration comes from and um, and the the underpinning principles of it. Because I think, you know, even just in the title, happy hockey it does for me it's always done does what it says on the tin um it's it's genius in that respect so what 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 what's the future for happy hockey
1: so the vision if you want to look it or look at it in that regard would be to build a hockey club from the ground up not just in terms of personnel which for a lot of hockey clubs across the country at the moment don't necessarily ha- are, are just groups of people without necessarily a dedicated pitch or clubhouse. But building a club, a group of people first, and then having its own pitch, and ultimately getting to a stage where we can compete and get promoted, both men and women, to the National Premier League, which is the highest domestic league in England, and then become good enough, possibly necessarily professional i.e. paid players, to go and compete in Europe and win the Champions League equivalent for hockey, which is called the Euro Hockey League, the E-H-L. That would be the dream. That's the vision. But whilst maintaining the focus on looking after and actually making the most important part of the club, the community members, those that turn up on a Saturday that have jobs 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, but hockey is there, get out there, let out, where they and their family come to, to spend their social time um, and going beyond that, I think into what Paul Brackley stuff, into the disability sport. So we're looking after everybody in the community, not just those, not just the, the people without disabilities, but those with as well.
0: It's a bit like I spoke to a friend of mine with basketball and, you know, the, the vision transcends actually the sport. Although obviously the sport is the thing that we're passionate about and it's the thing that we do, it's the thing with which we meet people. Actually, the sport becomes sort of secondary to the to the vision of the people, the impact you can have on their lives, and the community aspect to it, which is, again, one of the things I've always enjoyed about your vision and what with Happy Hoppy.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, it's, um, it's, it is very much about that, and I think it's about creating as well. The, it's the community aspect which really drives me more than anything else that it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, where you come from, what you look like, what your name is, you know, how much money you've got, what your background is. Like if, we're, if you want to come and be part of our community, then our job is to find a way to help you play, um, especially when hockey clubs traditionally are quite re, uh, town or, or location specific. The major towns in Sussex all have a hockey club, pretty much. And therefore, they need to, for me, that whole idea is if I build one or we group of people um, that I ideally need to build one, we make it accessible for everybody in that location because happiness is it's going beyond just the the, the idea of joy and and winning a game or the the success of scoring a goal. But that wider sort of peace and collective unity about having some purpose and fulfillment to, to everyday life. You're just so as you alluded to it's just that hockey is the vehicle that allows us to do that
0: yeah that's really nice and, and you know uh, a a club a community built on such foundations can only flourish can't it
1: well i, I mean what yes in theory there's there's obviously got to be a lot of hard work that goes into that and the foundations as you you highlight are very important and the values and working aligning everything you do to those values and that purpose but yes i i i have to say yes in in theory because i have to believe that if i want to do it and then it's a matter of me going and living that to make it happen but
0: but i think for anyone that's listening and for any you know whether it be um, a parent whether it be a coach or whoever it is you know uh, who am i to say who are we to say but you know starting from a place of purpose such like that and and of values it's got to be uh, i'll say better i'm going to say better place to start than it might be with right i want to create a world number one and it's all about the sport yes yes, yes. Yeah. which which again i think a lot of our conversations have always been driven towards that, that values based principles that that drive how we act how we behave, how we do. And again, you know, maybe also, you know, parents who are listening, it's those sort of things that we we would, you know, like to see in the young people coming through. It's those sort of things we would like to see in the coaches that are working with them. It's those sort of things we would like to see with the parents and the volunteers that are in and around the club. So I think it's maybe, you know, putting the mirror up in front of us and saying, you know, what are the things that we believe are absolutely fundamental to the experience we're offering young people, let's do that.
1: Very much so. And I think one of the other benefits about building something based on values is that you've stripped it back from a a wider perspective beyond the sport to start with. So you're not just saying, I want you to hold, you know, I want you to have a hockey stick. I'm saying I want you to become involved in this, but this is how we're going to do it. So you can communicate that to to any person at any level, any age, any ability, Um, but also it gives them the autonomy to, to put their sort of approach to those values, assuming that they want to be involved in that sort of idea, whilst also being involved in something bigger, that, that constant dichotomy of being in an individual, but being involved in a group or a wider sort of collective, yeah. which is yeah. something we all you know strive and, and constantly sort of have within us, um, as well as actually saying, but if I do this well enough and we come together and we work together, uh, collaborate enough that we can still achieve amazing amazing things but we have these bases and this is how we're going to do it and we've got to make sure we look after everyone whilst we whilst we go on that journey it's not just a matter of building something and then halfway through sort of well these people have got us there now we're not gonna we don't need them we're gonna um, get cut them off it's like no they've got us here that's that's what we're going to use to keep going
0: yeah that's Really nice. And I think for for any coaches or clubs, you know, any sport listening, it's probably looking at things in a slightly different way and probably being less sports-specific and more value-specific when setting initiatives or clubs or offers together. And then maybe from a parent or from an adult perspective, you know, and looking and searching for sports and clubs to get involved with. Again, maybe looking for those clubs that demonstrate and advertise and act in, in those in that values-based way i think would be good advice for people
1: yeah and probably something that's going to become more and more important if you look and you only have to look at gamestop this last week in terms of i know it's an extreme situation but and um, the, the share prices of that company in america of a group of people coming together and doing what they want to do and and that's what people are going to more and more going to want from the activities That they choose to do with their time and their money so organizations clubs especially are going to have to start to be able to flex more about what they offer so that they can recruit players and and actually that they create an environment that not only recruits but maintains people um, if they want to survive because otherwise the the next generation or generations coming through are going to become more and more concerned about their own Outcomes, outputs, involvement in something And they'll want to put their own stamp on it Not just listen to what's Or oh, we've always done it this way Perhaps uh, attitude
0: Yes, yeah that's, a, that's, that's probably a nice finish To the start of the next podcast We've always done it this way There's another discussion to be had there Isn't there?
1: <laughs> yes, but the the challenge I think for the, the clubs Is where they've got established And a lot of the hockey clubs in, in Sussex Are over 100 years old of still maintaining their own identity within that 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 flex so yeah that's the challenge isn't it it's it's keeping your your basis of who you are but uh, but also still being able to apply it to it probably an accelerating change in the market
0: yeah very good i like that um so pete if people wanted to sort of find you and, and and learn more about happy hockey where do they go
1: so Three main places for us at the moment. You can follow us on Twitter and also Instagram, uh, happyhockey355. We've got some videos that I'm starting to put together to explain a little bit more about the game of hockey. Um, aimed at children, because that's where our current focus of coaching is. That's on YouTube again, under happyhockey355. And if you want to contact directly, our email address is happyhockey three five five at gmail.com
0: fantastic um i definitely you know people connect with you because i think where where your where your vision is coming from for me is is very wholesome and healthy and i think um for me it's always a good barometer of where i'm at and what we're doing and checking in with you and happy hockey and 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 i think it'd be worth people finding you out so pete thank you very much for your time today thank you very much for having me on
1: neil pleasure to be here